Um, hey guys, welcome back to In the Dorm. This is episode nine. So we have a really special guest this week, as we've been telling you guys. Um, this week's guest is one that I'm extremely excited for to have on our show. Uh, being part of the Danish Swim Federation and participating in the Arenas Pro Swim Series in 2017, he has made quite a name for himself. Currently, he is the head of paid marketing and one of the co-founders of the Magic Five, introducing Nicholas Hedegaard. Thank you so much. Yeah, happy well, to be here. Um, we're happy to have you. So it was very, I, I, I've been... Um, I'm uh, well. I guess I'm an ambassador for the Magic Five currently, so which is great. I love the goggles, and you know they DM'd me and just was like, "Hey, you want to do a podcast episode?" I was like, "Sure." <laughs> I was like, "Why not?" It's random, you know. So I've been having like you know my friends from school and stuff. So it's really really cool to have you on. I'm I'm super excited to chat with you, and just kind of figure figure you out, get more to know about the company and stuff like that. So I'm I'm really excited. So sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so first off, um, I kind of want to know a little bit about you, like who you are. I know you're from Denmark. Like, what was it like growing up? How was college and stuff like that? Yeah. So uh, first of all, I'm 32, right? Oh, wow. So nice. a little bit older than you. Um, but uh, growing up in Denmark is is nice. It's not the I was obviously swimming my whole life, mm-hmm. um, and compared to the U.S., it's a bit different over here. Um, I'm still in Denmark, by the way. Uh, but the the main difference between it is that school and uh, and swimming is much more separated than it is in the states. You don't swim for your school. There's no school teams or anything like that. Um, you swim for a club, and then uh, it's up to yourself how you want to manage school. Next to that, it's um, pretty cool. It, it's cool, but it's also I think we're missing out on a lot of things because um, it's much more individual. Right, and there's not really anybody helping you to make sure that your um, your swim sessions align with your schoolwork or with your um, with your exams or anything like that. Or if you have to go to training camp, you have to get permission to leave. There's so much. Um, uh, it's not really laid out for you how how to actually manage uh, being a student athlete, which I think uh, would keep a lot more people in the sport uh, mm-hmm. at least up until. A university or a college level and yeah. whereas in in Denmark you see a lot of people uh, quitting the sport um, after high school or even before high school simply because I think that that the that help is not there to, wow. to manage it yeah I see I, I would have never known that because mm-hmm. you know I just think it's like I have a lot of friends from I guess like South America and stuff like that that moved to the states and stuff and they're they're really into it, but I, I would have never guessed over there that it's not as like connected, I guess, as it is here. So no, it, it really isn't. And it, that's not even a campus. Um mm-hmm. so so when I went to when I went to university here in Denmark, um I uh the first thing I did was okay, I, I, I got a swim at the same time. So I had to figure that out. I think I did a year, a year and a half uh, at the same speed as all my um, my fellow students, and which is a bachelor degree in, in Denmark, and undergrad is is three years. Oh, um, nice. And I I quickly saw that I I couldn't do that, so <laughs> I had to uh, 
to extend it to four years. And then you have to go through all these permissions to, to do that. Um, but it all, it all worked out. And I, I was able to swim uh, up until I was 28, nice. and which I think is decent age and even more than I guess a lot of Americans do, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we drop out of like, I don't know, maybe like a lot of kids after college just are done. I know that it's, um, I think there's a high amount of student athletes coming out of high school and only 7%. It's about like maybe like anywhere from 80 to 90 or student athletes, only 7% go to college. And then only mm. about one to 2% of those athletes go out to a professional career after that. So it's, it's a lot different. It gets cut off real, real soon. You either have it or you don't. And it's just, mm. it's hard. So I really, really get that. So on the swimming note, I see that you swam for Denmark in 2013 and 2017. I, I think both were Arena Pro Series swim meets. Um, so what was it like as a, as a professional and, and being on that world stage for everyone to see? And what tips would you have for college athletes inside and outside of swimming that are trying to compete on that next level? Mm. So it was one small correction. I think those two meets you're referring to might be European Championships. Oh, okay. Um, at least those were the those were the years that I raised the European Championship. So I think I think those were the ones you were referring to. I also did swim uh, the Pro Series in the States, but I think that was in 2017 only. I yeah, 2017. That. I had one race. Sure, I had one race there, and then later in the year. Uh, but for for us Europeans, it's a much bigger race to compete at the European Championships. Yeah. I guess for for Americans, it's like it's like nationals, but <laughs> in terms of how many people compete. But I think. I do think it's a bit harder to uh, to qualify for for Europeans. Maybe someone check that up. Um, I could be wrong, but it's a it's an amazing feeling. Uh, you go out there representing your country, and actually both times it was in Denmark. Um, nice that that the race took place. So the first time, I, it was pretty far from home, relatively speaking. It was like a four hour drive or something like that. Uh, but the second time was uh, I live in Copenhagen and it was uh, in Copenhagen and they yeah. converted this uh, big uh, event like a stadium uh, where they I think I was there a couple of weeks ago and Kendrick Lamar was playing oh, so sweet. it's like it's this big uh, big multi-arena that they can convert into anything and they they came and put up a pool and and we had four days of uh, amazing racing and it's um, it's crazy to to walk into the stage and even if I wasn't the the best swimmer in my country, uh, you still could feel that uh, a lot of the spectators were there to cheer on the, on the Danish athletes. So it was mm -hmm. just an amazing feeling to to walk in at that stage and feel the roar of the of the arena. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, I know. Um, you you obviously know him. he works with you, um, Alec. I'm not sure what his last name is, but yeah, like Munt. Yeah. yeah, him Munt. I I love that guy. He um he came over here. I swam at a club called MSA. Um, while I was not in college and for about like a year or two years I think he was at Queens and for I, I don't know we trained and he's the one that introduced me to the Magic Five so we were training for a while I loved training with him I remember one meet he was like hey you know just just ride my wake and then pass me we were doing like 100 free I was like <laughs> I'm I'm not doing that and so that I got my best time that year because he told me that so it was awesome and nice. I know he has um I think he's still with Denmark and he's got triathlon coming up, right? I think yeah, sure. About two yeah, weeks, so, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So he's, I think he's going to Israel. Uh, Israel. To race. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he worked actually for the Magic Five for quite some time now. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, we got connected early, early on uh, through swimming, obviously. 
uh, and he actually invited me to, uh, he was swimming for uh, in Oklahoma for uh, college over there back then. Sweet. Um, Oklahoma Baptist University, I remember. And we went to training camp together. Uh, he was like, Nicholas, are you doing anything in January? And I was like, hmm, uh, not really. Well, then you should, you should join us for training camp in Florida. And then <laughs> I, uh, I went with him for like two weeks or something. And it was, um, it was a good time. And that was right around the time when we, we had the prototypes of the goggles. Uh, it was like, mm-hmm. we didn't even have a full goggle. We only had the concept of how we were going to make the custom goggle uh, to fit your face. And I had this small 3D printed outline of a goggle. Um, that I remember I was I was sharing a room with him at that training camp and I was laying in my bed like trying to position that little outline that was made for my face and try to position that hard plastic cover my face thinking about should it be moved a little bit to the side how should it feel to actually feel like a swimming goggle um, is it touching the right spots on my skin sort of trying to be very scientific about it and yeah. had no idea what laid ahead um, but Alec was there for the, from the very beginning so that's, that's really cool I, I didn't know that either so jumping into that so, I mean, I read up on your and Bo's story, uh, Bo and Rasmus. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very interested to know how you guys met and what brought you guys together to be like, let's just, let's make these goggles. Like, let's, let's do this, you know? Right. Yeah. Good question. So uh, I think uh, what brought me, me and Rasmus, uh, we're similar age. Uh, we actually went to university together. What brought us together was that uh, that first day at university. Uh, in Denmark, it's uh, it's custom that you you take your whole class. Uh, if you're in the same study program, we studied international uh, business and politics together. Nice. And I think there was 120 students starting that year in that program um, at that university. And and then you take all those students uh, and you go away for for like a thick four days or something together to really uh, bond people together and make some new friends, new relationships, all that. And I remember we we were standing there to get on the bus. Um, together and and I saw this guy that uh, that walked a little funny, looked really tired, and I <laughs> started started chatting with him. And he said, "Yeah, yeah uh, yesterday I I was doing an Ironman. If you know what that is, I'm like, sure, I know what an Ironman is. Are you crazy? It, during this day before, you have to uh, to go on a on a class trip and meet a lot of new people, and there's also a lot of drinking involved. But uh, mm-hmm. I had a, an important meet coming up, and and he was just tired after his big race, so." Um, so I think we bonded over being into sports uh, yeah. back then, and and then uh, eventually um, Bo is the is the third co-founder. He came aboard because he's uh, he's Rasmus's uh, uncle. Oh uh, wow, <laughs> they're related. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's an engineer, um, and obviously a little bit older than than the two of us. And uh, he was also into triathlon at that time. And him and Rasmus, they were really uh, they they couldn't figure out. Uh, what goggles to buy and they came to me and it's like sure i buy these uh i get these swedish goggles they are super cheap cost like six yeah. seven bucks or something and you collect them yourselves so you can sort of get a custom fit that way that's that's how you do it and then you just gotta get used to it because they're not really comfortable yeah and and bo being the engineer that he is he was like well this doesn't seem why is this the why is the best swimmers in in the country using this the cheapest product and there's right. no innovation in it. It's like you have to basically collect it, like assemble it yourself. Like it's like <laughs> yeah. an IKEA. It's like the IKEA of goggles, right? <laughs> um, and uh, so, so we decided, okay, maybe maybe there's something to that. Why why hasn't anybody done it? Is it impossible to make something that fits better? Um, yeah. Well, we, we had to find out. So you go to uh, you go to 
to factories that produce goggles and you you try to spy a little bit on them and be like how do you produce goggles actually yeah <laughs> it's a process right exactly yeah act like you know a lot of stuff but even in reality you don't um and then, uh, <laughs> then you come out on the other side and it's like we had an idea that that uh, we could actually improve upon this process of, of producing goggles it wasn't um um this big secret thing that that you couldn't uh, improve on and you didn't right. understand suddenly we, we did understand it and yeah we could uh we knew where to sort of inject our uh, philosophy and uh, um, how to uh, what can you say uh, where to put in uh, uh, technology in order to to improve the feel of the finished product mm-hmm. yeah i mean personally i love the goggles i know i'm i'm an ambassador but regardless i was wearing speedo um speedo goggles a lot i forgot the name of them I don't know. Anyways, I was wearing these sockets, yes, speed sockets, hundred percent yeah. speed go. sockets. I was wearing those, and I had some like tear goggles, and none of them were like super comfortable. I mean, I liked them at the time, and I was like, "Man, this is great." And then, um, I just I got a pair of the Magic Five, and I was like, "I I love I, I love these goggles. They just they just they they just feel so comfortable to your face." I mean, I had my my problems. Like, I had a little leakage here, but you guys fixed it like easy. Like, send me another pair like that. So it, it was really right. nice. And it's nice to know that like I have a bunch of them. I have like a green pair, I have like a pink pair, a blue pair. I, I love all the colors. They're super cool. And mm. it just it's it's really a more comfortable fit, like honestly, because it's it's for you. So I just I personally like them a lot. And I a lot of my friends, um some of my friends wear the Swedish goggles and I just think it's funny because they, mm. they buy them in like the little packages and they like burn the bring the rope and stuff and i think it's cool but I, i've been doing my best i'm just trying to get people on the magic five and i know some people that have gotten on them and i i mean i love them so but also you guys recently made a new oculus interface which i'm really interested in how that works and what brought you to be like hey let's do this too you know mm-hmm. yeah so maybe i can uh, uh i can go back like two steps and maybe let people know how it actually works to get the goggles because that will also explain how how we came about with the with the Oculus interface. Yeah. Um, so, so the way that you get the, the custom goggles is that you have to scan your face in, in our app. And right. Then we basically um, make a 3D model of the, of the eye socket of the, of the user, the swimmer. And, and then you can, you can imagine that you have uh, the 3D model of a, of a goggle, our goggle, and you have this 3D model of uh, the person's eye socket and you want to match those two uh, 3D models up against each other. Sweet. And out comes a... Uh, on the other side, depending on what the algorithm decides, uh, that sort of comes a, a an output uh, that is sent to a robot that then takes uh, the goggle that is not finished yet and sort yeah. of uh, customizes it based on on those parameters. And um, so that's that's really what is happening. And and uh, we we thought we have long thought to ourselves, uh, well, what else could we do with this uh, this technology? There's tons of yeah. stuff that we can improve on the goggles. And and you mentioned that. Uh, that they were leaking a bit uh, for you, the first ones. Well, mm. that's one thing for sure. We can we we are improving on constantly. Uh, you probably gave us some feedback back then, and, and we were able to use that feedback to to tweak your goggles and send you a new one that you say fit you. Yep, and perfect. but that that feedback also goes into um, helping uh, produce a better first pair for a new customer. Because oh. next time a person scans that has some features that look similar to you, we would have a higher chance of of estimating what is the right. Uh, fit for this person so that's all connected but we can dive deeper into the technology part but your question about 
uh, wire and Oculus interface? Um, and it's the, the answer is that it's probably one of the, um, um, it's a new uh, product, obviously, on the market. Uh, there was about 10 million units sold last year and about 5 million units in America. Yeah, that, Dang, that's yeah. more than you think. That's a lot that's more. My sister has one, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. And and it was really close, sort of the uh, the interface is basically, what that is, is uh, the part of the Oculus headset. It's a Meta's virtual headset, virtual reality headset. And on that headset, there's a, there's a plastic piece uh, that you can click out and in. That sort of is the part that touches your face. It has some foam um, on it as well to make it a little bit more comfortable. But the shape of that plastic piece just doesn't fit your face yeah. and it's kind of the same uh, problem as with the swimming goggles although with the swimming goggles it's much more difficult because you also uh, want to keep water out it's not only about making it comfortable it's also mm-hmm. you actually have to keep water out and water will get in anywhere if it can yeah right? well <laughs> yeah you need to make a really tight seal so um with the oculus it's less about making a tight seal and more about making it much more comfortable so you can you can wear that headset for a longer time Mm-hmm. and um, it's it's pr- practically the same part of your body that you're scanning, right? You scan your face. Uh, we map out uh, some different parameters than what we would do with the goggles, which is much more inside the eye socket, Then this mm-hmm. is much more outside of your eye socket, more on your forehead, on your cheekbones and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. But it's the same process of customizing a product based on, on those 3D models. That's sweet. Man, that's that that's so interesting just because uh, my sister has that oculus and i've worn that thing a thousand times and boy you get the red marks on your nose on your cheeks and it's sweating uh, yeah you sweat it's it's nasty so um one of my one of my closer to final questions is you guys were on shark tank i know you weren't there um which stinks but what has uh, like you know working with the sharks and like the exposure from being on that TV show and stuff like that? What has that brought to your company? Mm. Good, yeah. So I wasn't there because of COVID. Uh, we filmed, we, they taped it right uh, in the middle of COVID last year, and and it just wasn't possible for me to travel from Denmark. Uh, it also had to happen on short notice. It's like mm-hmm. um, you're on the show, you have to be here. We have to film like next week. Uh, <laughs> everything has to happen and. Okay, uh, so I wasn't able to be there, but Bo and Rasmus went, and um, it was, uh, so it's kind of like behind the scenes is what is happening is that you kind of know you're going to be on the show, but you don't know when. So you're oh. like, yeah, they film it, they tape it, they, um, we were also one of the last um, uh, companies or one of the last episodes that they did tape. Okay. Uh, and then they, they went on vacation. They're like, now we're done, we filmed the whole season. Yeah. Uh, and it was like radio silence and we were like walking around like when is it gonna air right we couldn't wait because it's not only that uh, well you get in front of a lot of people with that audience it's mm-hmm. a lot of people watching the show um i think it's a- around four or five million americans that watch that show and then there's all the streaming afterwards and youtube mm-hmm. uh, and there's just so much uh, noise around that 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 show and we've also been fans of the show ourselves for a long time so mm-hmm. when the day finally came and we heard now we're going to be on the show, it's this date. And we just had to prepare so much. We had to work so hard to make sure that the infrastructure on our site was, our website was actually working so that we could, we could reap the fruits of, um, of all the exposure. Yeah. And then um, coming away from there with two sharks, we, we basically landed on the show. If you watch the episode, it's season 13, episode four. If you watch that episode, you'll see us uh, making a deal with Robert Hertrebeck. That's a but big then, one. 
after the show, um, Mark Cuban uh, got a hold of him, uh, of Robert, and said, I really like uh, that deal that you made. Can you let me in on it? Can I be part of it too? That's so cool. So then we heard from Mark, and he wanted to be part of the deal too. So we basically were able to sign two sharks. Um, and that's it's been a it's been a really great process for us. Um, yeah. Obviously, you get you get a bag of money. Uh, that's a, that's one part of it, um, which you which you need <laughs> in a startup. Yeah. Uh, but there's also so much more, right? You get uh, you actually do get a lot of help from their teams. So they have a whole company uh, set up. Uh, each of the sharks that that will help you um, in different avenues, um, and oftentimes it's just uh, up to the the company to ask questions. So we, for example, have uh, had had a lot of help with how to scale our Google marketing. Um, oh, yeah, and Mark Cuban's team have been really great in in helping with that stuff. Um, so it's it's as simple as uh, showing up for the right search queries when people want to find stuff on swimming goggles or swimming related stuff, then they'll see the magic five on Google. And it's a, it's actually very uh, down in the details that those, uh, uh, that those sharks are able to help us, which is super valuable for a startup. Otherwise you have to go out and buy those, uh, those services or, or buy those competencies on the market. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's another um, expenditure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's that's how I feel right now because this is a little a startup podcast, so I get to expect right. <laughs> just uh you know buying stuff because you kind of have to, which is I mean it's working out for me. I'm getting I think I think it's working well for exposure and stuff here. So, but um I have another question. I just thought about it. So you guys mm-hmm. are based in Charlotte. What's what's the reason for Charlotte, North Carolina? Because I live in Charlotte. So like, what why why here? Why did why was this the place? Yeah, well, exactly, Charlotte. So. I think uh, early on, we just wanted to be in America. So America was, uh, there's so many more people that, that swim in America. I think it's about 30 million people that swim regularly in America. Hey, okay. And there's only, there's only 5 million people living in Denmark. So <laughs> really? It's a, yeah, yeah. It's a small country. It's like a state, right? It's like a state. Um, yeah. Think about it like that. So it's, uh, uh, and in America, people speak the same language and similar culture. There's so many benefits uh, of that bigger market. So we definitely knew we're going to the States with this um, from the beginning. And then the reason why it became Charlotte is because um, um, of uh, of the way that the spouses, actually, they also needed jobs and uh, of Bo and Rasmus. So they're in, in the States. Rasmus lives in New York and Bo lives in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Sweet. And it's because of the spouses. So Bo's spouse was able to to get a job, secure job in, in North Carolina. And then it just so happened that uh, that way we take the company to, to, to Charlotte. Uh, hey. So it's a little bit by chance. Yeah. yeah, it works. I mean, Charlotte's a good city and it's it's booming right now. Like really, really booming. I don't, everyone from New York and New Jersey and all the, mm-hmm. all the islands and boroughs up there, all of them are moving here. I don't know why, but they are. And I know there's a lot of old people too and the elderly love their comfort. So boom. I've got the goggles. So it's um like literally they tore down a bunch of trees down the road for me and they're building a like a 55 and up neighborhood. So really? it's, yeah, it's like it's it's so many people are moving here so fast. It's it's wild. Heard, last time I went there, I think I heard in the airport in the speakers that it was like the fastest growing city in America. Is that, yeah, could that be true? I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's true from what I've experienced. I mean, Charlotte, it's just like they, they don't stop building. Everywhere I look, there's new buildings going up and all around me, especially. 
And then I know I go to school in Hickory, North Carolina. So they they're starting to build kind of similar to them. They've really like updated their um their like town, downtown, like lifestyle stuff. It's all getting more I guess modernized in a way. And people are just mm. flowing in. It's it's crazy. So it's a good a good place to be. And I, I like the city of Charlotte. So yeah. It's do you a- have any do you have any questions for me? Anything at all? how do you how did you get into the the podcasting world oh um so me and my friends i i just i i love podcasts i listen to joe rogan and Pulsive. um i like a lot of stuff that's like jordan peterson stuff like that i just i listen a lot uh, around like comedy and just more improv i, I just like talking so i was always like i, I want to do a podcast it'd be kind of fun to just do a podcast just to talk to people you know and so me and my friends this summer was sitting down or talking really like, we should just start a podcast but mm-hmm. one of my friends is going he lives in tampa because that's where he goes to school and then me and my other friend are roommates now and he's my he's my co-host who unfortunately can't be here today and um we're just we're just like what what are we gonna do and so my grandpa and my dad used to do a lot of like concerts and stuff because my dad, my grandma owns a, a Christian record label. And so we have, I have like a soundboard. I have like old, I got nice microphones, like those ones. You um, got I, all the equipment, I see. Yeah. yeah, I got all the equipment. So I was like, might as well just go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. So one day I was like, Davis, we're going to start. We're going to do this podcast. I'm going to bring all the equipment back. We bought these microphones, uh, this one that you can see. These are USB microphones. And this mm-hmm. other one's like a, they're called like XLR and stuff. So I was like, let's just do it. And so I bought the microphones and we started recording. And I I got, I found a, an editing software that's free, which I love, uh, which it's called Descript. Recommend it if mm-hmm. whoever's listening to this. Um, and then I have a another, it's like rss.com. It's not too expensive. So I just like, let me get this exposure. Let me just put it out there. And so. People have been listening. I, I get about like a hundred hundred people an episode, which is super nice. And do you do any advertising? I try. It's hard because I don't have a lot of money. Like I really mm-hmm. it's 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 out it's all out of my pocket. So I don't have enough money because I spent a lot of money. I went to Europe this summer, so I pretty much spent all the money I saved up to go <laughs> to Europe because I was like, I need to go. So um nice. It's um it's hard. I'm trying to get more advertising. I'll probably do more stuff on Instagram or maybe a little bit of Google stuff. But I just I I, I like talking to people. I love conversating. So and hey, I'm here talking to you, which I wouldn't be able to do unless mm-hmm. I had a podcast. So it's um it's it's just it's good for exposure. And I hope that it can, you know, I can get up, build this podcast up and get yeah. more guests, more hosts, or not more hosts, but more guests. Um because I personally just love talking and getting to know people more. So that's that's why I got into the podcast stuff. That's nice. Yeah, I don't think that there's uh, too many uh, podcasts in the swimming space or, or anything like that. And yeah, I, I'm as an ex swimmer, uh, yeah. swimmer. I um, I definitely <laughs> feel that the that the sport could use some more publicity. That could mm-hmm. be more focus on it. More people in, engaged with it, and just learning. And I think sometimes uh, I've nailed it down to be this. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but um, you you have if you compare swimming to other sports, you have um, people walking on on deck at these big meets, and they already have the goggles on, they have the cap on, they yeah. fully zipped up. There's like no personality. There's there's nothing. 
you can't separate that person from the other person except for the sign that it says on the on the screen that you're watching it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't that that's not really how it is in in track and field, for example. There you yeah. you see you see people doing all these uh, weird dances or like <laughs> mimic to the camera, and it's just there's more personality, right? Yeah. And um, I think that bringing uh, athletes out more, if you were able to to talk to more swimmers um, mm-hmm. on the podcast, I think that would be uh, hugely beneficial for the sport. Uh, yeah. I would I would love to. I mean, we don't talk about swimming all too much on the podcast just because not everybody wants to hear that, but we obviously bring <laughs> swimmers exactly. and stuff. So, yeah, exactly. So, but pretty much all the people we've so far talked to, I mean, well, I guess it's been 50-50 so far. So, it's um it's it's good. But I I would like to talk about swimming a little bit more. Um because I, I mean, I love the sport. I, I wanna, I, I wanna go pretty far. See what I can do with it. Because I just, I enjoy it. I, I like getting in the pool. I was gonna wake up early this morning, but I decided not to because I didn't want to do distant practice. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're, I'll, I'm going um, at like one o'clock. We have a power practice, and I haven't done power in a while. So, um, I have an older coach at Lenore Ryan. He's, I think he's seventy. He's been coaching for like forty years. So he's very Crazy. old school with his stuff. He's no modern technology, but um, I I like him. He's he's good. His his methods are odd, but I guess they work. So I'll 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 take it. But yeah, um, the tried and true. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely want to branch out. I definitely want to do a triathlon. I really want to do an Ironman sometime in my life. Not that that's mm-hmm. always swimming, but I can use the magic five goggles for him. So that's um, mm. always important to me. I, I love those things. So, nice. but yeah. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and just having this good conversation. Um, I'll I'll send you over all the all the stuff if you need it if you need the videos and stuff. Um, Thank you. But yeah, it was, it was it was really a blast talking to you. I love talking about business and just like getting to know people like you. So thank you for you know wanting to do this today. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Yeah, of course. Uh, you can shout your shout uh, sell yourself out on Instagram. You know. Sure. Yeah, you can check out the Magic Five um, on Instagram or the Magic Five dot com on 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 the interwebs, and you can read up all all you want on the goggles and try the scan in my app. And yeah, go check it out if you want. Yeah, um, their their Instagram account is linked to all like my personal Instagrams, so you guys can just click in there; it'll be there. Um, remember to email us in dot the dot dorm. 22 i'm pretty sure that's the email and then our instagram is in the dot dorm so follow it and yeah thank you for tuning in